0: Hello, nephew community, and thanks for joining us today for another episode in our podcast series, Voices from the Community. Today, we'll be focusing on health literacy in nephrology. My name is Alf Carroll, and I'm a senior nephrology medical science liaison with Otsuka Pharmaceuticals Development and Commercialization Inc. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Justine Dixon. Justine is a board certified ambulatory care pharmacist who has been working with patients throughout the spectrum of kidney care for over 10 years. She received her doctorate of pharmacy through the University of Connecticut and then went on to complete a PGY-1 pharmacy residency at Yale New Haven Hospital, St. Raphael's campus, followed by a PGY-2 ambulatory care residency at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. After completing her residencies, Justine began her career at Boston Medical Center, where she played a pivotal role in the kidney transplant clinic and the pharmacist-led CKD anemia clinic. Passionate about improving the lives of those facing kidney-related challenges, Justine has dedicated herself to providing high-value care to a diverse patient population. Her time at Boston Medical Center allowed her to further develop the skills necessary to navigate the complexities of healthcare while respecting and honoring the ethnic, religious, and cultural differences of her patients. Today, Justine and I will be discussing health literacy and nephrology patients and how varying levels of health literacy can present challenges and impact clinical care in this patient population. Justine, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. All right, so jumping right in, um, in your own words, how would you define health literacy and how would you say this applies to patients with kidney disease?
1: So I would likely define health literacy as the ability to receive, comprehend, and then be able to accurately use health information to then make informed decisions about a patient's own healthcare needs. So usually that's relating to the ability to read, write, use numbers, as well as navigate the healthcare system. They need to be able to communicate with providers, use technology, as well as understand complex healthcare topics and concepts, and some things that we take for granted, like how to do refills, what labs are, or what different scans and procedures are. I also believe that health Literacy assumes a baseline level of literacy, which in the work that I do is not always, it can definitely cannot be assumed that patients are able to read. And I do think that this um, is something that we as providers probably take for granted and assume in a lot more of our patients than we should. I think specific to patients with kidney disease, uh, as we know, kidney disease is extremely complex. And in order to be able to manage CKD as a patient, it's going to require quite a high level of health literacy to be able to receive the information that they're getting from their providers and then be able to take that information and make informed decisions about their care. So when it comes to CKD, they're needing to understand what their different medications are even the medications that maybe they're taking to prevent progression of their CKD and why that's still so important. Also a lot of changes in their diet, things that they can or cannot eat, and maybe things that aren't on the specific list that they were given. Um, Maybe the list is a little bit limited, but they have um, some cultural foods that they're not sure what to do with. So they're unsure, maybe aren't sure who to ask. Um, They're also going to need to know how to better care for themselves and in order to prevent progression of that disease, they're going to need to know who to contact for questions and just how to um, avoid maybe more admissions and urgent care appointments. So patients with lower health literacy often are unsure of who to contact for just side effects or not feeling well. And I think overall, it can unfortunately, when they have low health literacy, it can lead to a lot of misunderstandings and lead to a negative impact on their health outcomes, which of course is not their fault.
0: Awesome, that was such a great overview, and yeah, I I can agree. I mean, nephrology patients are truly very complex, and it's you know it's difficult to understand. And I I can't even imagine being you know being a patient that you know not familiar with healthcare and. You know having to understand and remember what all their medications do and how that impacts them and it's really a lot to comprehend for sure um so there was this article from uh, dr jane and green and it's a publication focused on health literacy and nephrology from the world journal of nephrology in 2016 And this really defines, they define health literacy as the capacity of an individual to understand information related to a disease in order to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And they talk about health literacy and how it goes beyond being able to read, just like you talked about, Justine. It involves oral understanding, numeracy, and cultural and conceptual knowledge. And They also mention that the prevalence of low health literacy is higher amongst elderly populations, minorities, and though those of lower socioeconomic status. I can only imagine how, you know, low levels of health literacy can affect engaging patients, affecting their ability to understand, you know, their clinical picture and to use shared decision making. So that being said, what are some challenges that you have experienced with patients in clinical practice as a result of low health literacy?
1: think of course as a pharmacist my my brain goes right to their medications which has can have a lot of implications on many parts of their care um i would say non adherence of course um or not being able to understand a lot of times it's just the indication for their medications or what the side effects are i think In general, as providers, we just don't have a lot of time, Uh, everything is very rushed, and sometimes there's just not enough time to explain everything to patients. Um, And so I think that a lot of the challenges come with just an inability, they're taking only the information that sometimes you provide them. Not everyone has the capabilities of looking more information up themselves, or if you're assuming that they're going to be educated at pickup from the pharmacy is also probably not something that's necessarily going to happen. Um, I think a lot of times they run into things after the visit too um, that are outside of our control and things that we don't know about, like insurance, prior authorizations, that understanding of that complex system is also really difficult even for us as providers to understand. the, I've had a lot of patients too, I guess not a lot, but some patients that don't understand um, how to even make a refill on a medication. So they um, maybe refilled their medication one time and then assumed that that's all they needed. And so they don't understand the concept of calling the pharmacy and we have to walk them through how to read the bottle, find the number, assuming that they know how to read their numbers and know what know how to use their their numbers on their phone, which most people, I think for the majority of these cases have been able to do, Um, but just walk them through the process of this is a medication for your blood pressure that you need to continue to take um, because maybe things were a little bit different in whichever country that they were recently coming from. Um, I've also had patients that just misinterpret what the directions are on their bottles, taking, you know, a medication twice a day. They sometimes will interpret that as two tablets, just once a day, just misinterpreting what those directions are. Cause they're kind of, they're written sometimes a little bit confusing or strangely. Um, and I think I'm, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the inability to read. And a lot of patients identify their medications by vision because the the names of the medications are so long and confusing. They don't know how to pronounce them or the provider pronounces them and they they think of that as a different name in their head. Um, and so when the pharmacy will switch to a different manufacturer, now the medication looks different to them and it can cause a lot of confusion and frustration for the patients. Um, so, I mean, those obviously are more medication related, um, but you know, in my other job kind of, next to CKD being working in pre-transplant evaluations this can also lead to concerns on my end for eligibility for transplantation um and so i think that you know there's so many different challenges that can come from for these patients um like i said those are mostly medication related but um obviously that's where i focus a lot of my time so that's where i'm usually seeing things a lot of memorization of of what the directions are versus truly knowing what the indications are, even for medications that patients have been on for years and years. They'll say, I'm not even sure what this medication is for. So we spend a lot of time taking, you know, taking the time to review things with patients so that they have a better understanding.
0: That was great. And yeah, I agree. I think it's so important. Um, You know, sometimes those of us working in healthcare, we're quick to assume that patients just know things and, you know, but they, they may not, like you, you mentioned refills, um, interpreting directions, or just reading in general. And I think it's so important to establish a baseline of patient's understanding um, of, of what we're providing them rather than to just make assumptions. So Justine, um, jumping into our final question, what are some tips that you would share with other healthcare professionals who are interacting with patients with different levels of health literacy?
1: I tend to assume no knowledge at baseline. I kind of put everyone at an even playing field. Um, I assume whenever I meet a patient that they've never been given education. And unfortunately that sometimes is the case. I've had a lot of patients that maybe have had diabetes for 15 years and they just don't understand their disease because no one's ever had taken the time, which is understandable. Um, But taking the time, which I know is difficult, to explain the basis of their disease so they understand the process a little bit more and they will be able to make connections as to why they're taking medications, why we're sending for this lab or why we're sending them for this procedure, helps them to better understand and take um, action as far as helping to manage that disease for them. Um, I personally use a lot of charts and visual aids and diagrams to help explain different things, um, especially for their medications. So I'll make individual medication charts with more numbers than I do written words on there. Um, and I thankfully am able to make that in multiple languages, but using, um, rather than writing out the information as like one tablet, once a day, it'll have just the, the number one based on the time of day. And I find that that is been extremely helpful. For a few patients that I do have that do have number illiteracy and are unable to use their numbers. Um, I've been able to um, utilize a sticker process as well. So matching um, with some stickers I've I bought online, um, they're different animal stickers or different stars and Um, I think some are whales or some soccer balls and things like that. So we'll put that on there and then they're able to match that and put one on their med list and one on their bottle. So being creative with a patient to figure out what works best for them is also really important. If you need a patient to get to a certain point, sometimes what has worked for every other patient doesn't work for this one patient. And we have to think outside of the box. Um, I think speaking slowly and deliberately, no matter if you're using an interpreter or you're not using an interpreter, is really important for understanding because sometimes we dance around topics. And I think that that causes a lot of confusion as well when it comes to some of these really important um, things like talking to a patient with CKD about their need for transplant or their need for a fistula Um, It needs to be very clear and deliberate and stopping and pausing and asking for questions rather than waiting for them to ask you questions. I think encourages more questions and confirms can confirm understanding throughout. I try to make a keep my eyes on the patient and the family if they're there, hopefully to also confirm understanding because a lot of times you can see it in their eyes. You can see when their eyes get big, when you're talking about a side effect or a certain issue that you're talking about, you can see where concern is. You can go back and talk about that. You can see that they're listening, they're they're engaged. And I think that's really important to confirm that they're listening and understanding so that they can apply the information later. I think that utilizing physician extenders like social workers, pharmacists in clinic, uh, dietitians is extremely important because I know that not everyone has the time for this, but pharmacists in our clinics are who do have the time often, um, or social workers or dietitians too may have these more complex discussions when there's medical care that's being provided at a higher level from the provider. I think breaking things up too and not covering everything in one visit sometimes, um, realizing how much a patient can take in at one point is important to realize as well. And um, written info is important to provide if you feel that the patient can, is able to receive it, but realizing that a lot of medical literature that you're providing to patients is written at about a 10th grade level. And They recommend it at a fifth to sixth grade level. But as I've mentioned a few times, not everybody can read in English or in their native language. So just because you can speak Spanish and that's your native language doesn't necessarily mean that you could read and write in Spanish. So if you think that providing an educational packet in Spanish to your patient is going to be helpful, it may in fact not be So it's just something to kind of keep in mind that a lot of the papers and pamphlets and things that we provide our patients are still at such a high level and, of course, may not be effective if the patient can't read at all. Um, I think that uh, a couple other things I think of are utilizing a teach-back method, which um, which is impressed upon us a lot in pharmacy school, asking the patient to repeat back to me to confirm understanding. I find that to be very helpful. And then um, I would say the final one I'm thinking of is to tailor education to each of your patients. So, you know, making sure that you're providing information that's culturally relevant to your patient, I find like that can also help to build rapport and understanding um, and making sure that they understand that as providers that we're on their team as well, and they're, we're considering them as a patient as a human being.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Those were some really great tips. And I really appreciate you sharing your insight on this. Um, I I really appreciate your, you know, your creativity with the use of numbers and stickers and really to customize the way you deliver your education to patients. And also, um, being a physician assistant myself, I really liked your example of, you know, using Allied health professionals for patient education, not just relying solely on the physicians, but really utilizing the whole healthcare team. And you know, you can really see how just taking a little bit of extra time to explain topics to patient, really make sure that they truly understand what's going on, can really make a difference, especially in the long term in this uh, complex patient population. So, with that, um, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Thanks to Justine for your contribution to this podcast. And um, thank you to the NEPHEW community for joining us today. And please be sure to check out our other content on nephew.org. We'll see you next time. Thanks.